This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Per usual, I am excited about today's episode. Um, I'm excited about the message that God gave me to share with you guys today. I'm excited about the prophetic word that he gave me to share with you guys today. But before we get into that, a couple church announcements, y'all. Just want to remind you guys to rate the show, share on social media. I love to see when you guys post and have your little notes and and things that you took away from the show. I love when y'all create like the um the little pictures where you like quote something and you expand upon it. I love when y'all post videos listening to the show. Uh, somebody last week was doing a whole silk press <laughs> with the podcast in the background. I was like, yes, yes. Now you and your client are learning about the Lord. That was so funny to me and I just loved it. But yeah, I love to see you guys post it. So please continue to post and tell me um, your favorite parts of the show. Tag me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Tatum to me. Also follow Blessed and Bossed Up at Blessed and Bossed Up. We got some awesome stuff coming for social media this year. So I'm just really excited to share with you guys and further connect with you guys in that space. I also want to remind y'all, we don't take show pitches. I don't accept pitches for guests on this show. Just, I just don't. Every last one of them, the emails get deleted. I am not new to this. Like I know the little way that people go about stuff. They like all your pictures on Instagram to get your attention and they slide in your DMs and saying, are you accepting this? I'm pitching myself or looking to be on podcast to share my story, or I would love to your t- to talk to your audience about yada, yada, yada. All of them get deleted, y'all. All of them get deleted. I do not accept pitches for guests on this show. The reason being is I want to be very responsible with my platform. I want to 
I am not going to destroy anybody's soul or any person that God has trusted me with to influence on this platform. So if somebody is reaching out to me to get on this platform, you're reaching out because we have a large audience and that's cool for you. That does absolutely nothing for me. And I don't know you and I don't know if you're really who you say you are. And so because of that, the answer will always be no. Um, Everybody that we allow on this show are people that... Uh, I know personally um, people that I can vouch for their character, people that Holy Spirit is clear to be on this platform, but we don't accept no pictures, y'all. I'm good, love, enjoy. So just wanted to give that very, probably not that gentle, but the gentle-ish reminder, (laughs) please, please do not pitch yourself to be on this show. We just are going to delete it, okay? All right. And then lastly, I just want to thank everybody who's reached out about um, Anchor Media, Find Your Voice Academy, all the things that we're doing for podcasters. Um, We have some really awesome stuff coming up soon that I'll tell you guys about. Man, God has really like skyrocketed this business at such a pace where we are making sure that we're doing our due diligence as far as the infrastructure is concerned. That's actually going to be a huge part of today's episode. But please stay tuned. Our March retreat is... At capacity, we're not accepting anybody else for our March Academy retreat, but we are doing one, one more this year. Um, and we'll once we finalize the details, I'll let you guys know. But stay tuned with all of that. All right, now the church announcements are over. I want to get into today's episode. The title of today's episode is Have You Counted the Cost of the 2020 Vision? One more time, have you counted the cost of the 2020 vision? I was praying earlier this week um, and just in my extended prayer time, like, God, what did the next few weeks of this podcast look like? I told y'all before, um, what are the things I've really been praying and asking God for is to give me multiple episodes at a time? Because <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, how can I be a better steward of my time if I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about the next week? But um, so in my extended prayer time, I'm like, okay, God, what does the next few weeks of the podcast look like? And um, he gave me, of course, multiple episodes. But when it came to this one specifically, he wanted me to share this with you guys. He says that my people are getting getting so excited about the vision. They aren't following through with the details. The correct process is that you write the vision, you make it plain, then you count the cost and then you add the work to the faith. And I'm let me repeat that one more time. He says the correct process is you write the vision, you make it plain. These are the steps that we all know, especially since everybody and mama been preaching about 2020 vision. Um, but he went on to say that you then count the cost. And then after you count the cost, you add the work to the faith. And he says that I want to bless my people, but I don't want them to lose it. What they're perceiving as my silence is actually my protection and my patience. I want to bless the works of their hands, but their hands have to be working. And so I thought this was really interesting um, that God wanted me to speak about this because I personally believe that it's a loving warning from God to us to make sure that we're not just getting hype about the new year or the new decade and the 2020 vision, all this that everybody is is talking about, that we're not just getting hype about these things and to the point where we're not working diligently and strategically for what he says is ours. I do believe that there is a... Um, a specialness ah, that's not the the right word but I do think that there's a special anointing I guess is the best way to say it 
in this time for the body of Christ, people who have been working faithfully towards the things of God. But I also think that God doesn't want us to just work and and get excited about things or write the prophetic words down and use those to pump us up. I think he wants us to really get strategic about how we're working to really count the cost of the things that he says that we, that belong to us so that when we are working, we're working in a way that makes sense. And that's going to really take us to what we ultimately want. And so, and it's so appropriate. I believe that we're talking about this today. This is like the last week, not like, but this is the last week of January. So that new year thing kind of like has died down some. We're going into a new month where we've kind of gotten in the groove of what it is that we're doing this year and all of that. So because the, the, the hype and the excitement has died down a bit, I believe now we're able to receive this message with clearer eyes and a clearer heart to really understand what God wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. And so because we're talking about counting the cost, the scripture that we're anchored in today is Luke 14, 25 through 34. And I'm going to say that one, one more time. We're anchored in the scripture of Luke 14 verses 25 through 34. I'm going to read the whole thing and then we're going to break it down a little bit. And not sure if I said this, but I'm reading it out of the message translation. So starting at verse 25, it says, One day when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. And then going to verse 28, it says, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. Or you can imagine being a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other. And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you cannot be my disciple. Salt is excellent, but if the salt goes flat, it's useless, good for nothing. And so I believe that I wanted to first give you guys the scripture so you understand where what I'm talking about when I say count the cost, because this is ultimately talking about you have to be willing to give up everything to be a disciple, which is pretty much to be a follower of Christ. You ought to be able to give up everything. But I do think that in these two examples that he gave, that there's a lot of wisdom here that can be applied to us counting the cost with the things that God is calling us to do this year. And to be real I feel that if you're in that space where you haven't counted the cost, when you kind of have gotten excited about, let's say you did a vision board and now you're hyped because these are the things that I'm working for this year, right? This is goals, goals. I'm I'm putting it everywhere. I done wrote the vision. I done made it plain on tablets. I got it in my house, in my bathroom, in my car. It's the screensaver on my phone. You've gotten so hyped and you've just gotten deep into the work without counting the cost. I believe that if you find yourself in that place, that it's a lot of us who have found us ourselves there where it isn't a matter of being negligent, that we're not intentionally 
uh, not counting the cost, but I think simply put, we just don't really know how to do that. Right. That, that we feel like because we're working, because we got the word from God, because he said that that 2020 is our year, because he said we're going to finally leave our jobs and be full time entrepreneurs, because he said that your husband is coming this year, because he said that you're going to reach the six figure goal. You're going to become a millionaire, whatever it, it may be that God said is for you. I believe a lot of us get so excited about it that we get right to work. And it's not a matter. We're not counting the cost because we're not not counting the cost <laughs> because of negligence, but we haven't been counting the cost because of excitement, or maybe we just simply know, simply don't know how. And so for today's episode, I wanted to dive into a few ways that you can count the cost of the vision that God gave you this year so that we don't continue going on just working. So we don't continue going on building a house without first developing a blueprint for it. So we don't go and uh, pick out the wedding dress and plan the wedding on Pinterest and find our ring and all of that without counting the cost of what lifestyle changes you may have to have in order to be a wife or what adjustments you may have to have in order to handle the man that God has called has called for you to marry. So that counting the cost, there's so much value in that. And so that's why we're talking about that today, because I, I do not want us to continue into the year without doing things strategically. Counting the cost is about strategy. It's about being strategic. And our own negligence oftentimes can delay the promise that God wanted us to have right now. We may build a house and then the second that you put something in it, the thing falls down because you didn't count the cost to be able to lay the foundation the way it needed to be laid. Or you may have gotten so excited because he said that this year was that you were going to become an entrepreneur and so you went and you started selling stuff, but you didn't get your EIN tax ID number. You didn't establish your LLC. You didn't protect your brand. So now you're going into this thing. And, and if it is successful the way God wants it to be, it's going to destroy you because the proper steps weren't taken prior to pursuing the thing. And so we're going to take a break, pay a couple bills. And I really want to dive into a few ways that we can all apply to count the cost. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by Vistaprint. For small business owners or people who produce their own shows, being plugged in and prepared when an opportunity comes up is super crucial. Those moments happen all the time and they're even happening right now. And having a business card that shows how professional you are right in your pocket, ready to hand out is the first step to making something happen. Your next big opportunity is coming right now and Vistaprint is here to help you own the now with free shipping on any business card in any quantity. Choose whatever style, finish, shape, or paper that you like and get free shipping. And because you could pick the colors, the fonts, the designs, and the images, it means that you can create something that's specific to your brand and it flows well with all of the other things that you have going on visually in your business. 100% satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. I personally use Vistaprint for my business cards for years, for like years and years. And I'm always impressed and satisfied once they come in the mail because the quality is good, the price is affordable, and I'm always able to customize it so I don't have any type of brand confusion going on. And if you're dissatisfied in any way with your order, they'll make it right. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. 
Just go to vistaprint.com and enter promo code BLESSED for free shipping on all business cards. Remember, any style and any quantity. This is a limited time offer. Own the now at vistaprint.com, promo code BLESSED. You support our show when you support our sponsors. Let's get back to the show. Okay, now before we get into the counting the cost for like the vision or, or any business related things. The first way that we have to count the cost is we have to understand that there's a lifestyle cost to being a disciple. Now, remember a disciple simply put is a follower of Jesus. There is a lifestyle cost to being a follower of Jesus. You cannot build God's business, his vision, his, his household, whatever, without him. We talked about this on the how to build an accomplished business episode. You cannot build this without him. So before we even get to trying to build something, we need to make sure that we understand the lifestyle cost that comes with being a disciple. So going back to the scripture in Luke 14 verses 25 through 27, uh, that part says one day when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them anyone who comes to me, but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters. Yes. Even one own self can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. So what Jesus wants us to understand is if you're not willing to give up everything to follow me, you just cannot be my disciple. And so the, the lifestyle cost that we have to consider and understand is that we have to be willing to give up everything. Now that's not to say that we will have to give up everything, but you have to have your mind made up and your heart set on the fact that I will give up everything, even my own self in order to follow Jesus. And it's easy to get excited about the promise. It's easy to get excited about all the things that God is saying belongs to us this year, but we must not forget the responsibility that we have as his disciples, the responsibility that we have to be willing to give up everything and follow him. The responsibility that we have to be righteous and that's a lifestyle cause is walking away from everything you knew, everything you may have been raised up to be. And for a lot of us, um, if you guys grew up in church, it may be letting go of the man-made religious systems to really understand what it means to build a relationship with God. That's a lifestyle change for a lot of people because then, the, then your relationship is not going to church every Sunday, going to, um, excuse me, your relationship is not just going to church every Sunday, going to Bible study, study or some type of midweek service, maybe saying a quick prayer in the morning and then hearing what the pastor has to say. And that's it. Now that's more of, of how we're taught uh, based on religion. Now you have to learn the lifestyle of building a relationship with God. So that means in addition to those things, reading the word for yourself, spending extended periods of time in, in silence in his presence to hear from him directly. That means um, fasting and praying. That means walking in and learning how to walk in the authority that you have as a believer. So these things are lifestyle changes. That means, oh, well, I can't just dedicate now a couple hours a week to go to a building and say that that's my relationship with God. Now I need to meditate on the word day and night myself. Now I need to, to, to understand what it means to be filled with the Holy spirit for myself. These things are lifestyle changes. And again, I believe that a lot of us build these platforms without God, because we're not counting the cost of what it means to really be a disciple of his. 
And so we get caught up. We start building these platforms and now God becomes more so of the marketing tool or he becomes more so of the homie that you shout out every now and then, but not your Lord and Savior, not the one that you fear. Counting the cost of a lifestyle is so important, especially if you are a person of faith, a a disciple of Jesus while um, being a business owner. That's a lifestyle cost that has to change. And so this is something that I even experienced more so as my business grows lately to where I, I, I had like a, I was really frustrated because I want to develop more shows from scratch like we did for the Fashionpreneur Diary. So doing that, that process was a little easy because I knew Jessica, I can vouch for her character. I know that if I build a platform um, for her business, that she's not going to be out there spreading foolishness, but she's actually going to be out there doing God's work. And so it was easy for me to make that decision. But then as we are sitting down and we're planning for 2020 and looking like, okay, I want to now develop more shows from scratch, not just the people that we serve, um, who are new to this, but people who are established entrepreneurs who can use a platform such as podcasting to grow their business, excuse me, as well as reach more people. And so I was really frustrated because I was like, God, how am I going to do this? What does my lifestyle need to look like for this? Because I have to maintain integrity. And so I would have like even people who may work with me saying, oh, develop a um, criteria for the type of person you want to work with. Do you look for them to um, do they need to profess that they know the Lord on their social media or whatever? Like start by because I was expressing this frustration to people that I trust their business sense. And they're like, you know, write down the qualifications, the criteria, and then you can develop a, a sales process based off of that. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But still. And so someone else was sharing with me, well, just ideas to um, bring my ideal clients or people I'm interested in developing shows for together and doing something cool to where we're letting them know like who Anchor Media is and what they do. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good, but you got to understand I have a responsibility to make sure that I'm building platforms to spread the good news, like the money, the, the results, all of this, the stuff that we see as a result of doing the business is great, but my core mission is to honor God. And the core mission that he has me on in this media space is to spread the good news. And so the last thing I'm going to do is build up platforms and the person gets on there and they're not, they're spreading things that are not of God. Like I don't need anybody's any blood on my hands. I don't, I don't want to be a part of anything that is not bringing glory to God or is causing confusion amongst God's people. But then at the same time, me as a business owner, that leaves me in a state of confusion. And so I'm counting the cost. So this is all counting the cost, right? And for me now it's counting the lifestyle cost because then my sales process or the process I go about securing clients looks a whole lot different than what makes traditional business sense. So that means my prayer time got to be a little bit more extensive because I need God to, to show me who it is I need to work with and not just relying on my carnal mind as to what makes sense or what's going to be the most lucrative. And so in doing that, though, I was like, I said, I was frustrated. I told you I was frustrated. And so in my prayer time, I'm like, God, what are we doing here? I know the mission you have me on. I'm clear. But how am I going to determine who uh, who I'm going to work with and how I'm going to pursue them? And God is so good because he was sharing with me. Like He says, don't worry about that. They're going to come to you. And I was like, okay. 
that sound good, but God, like, how do I measure that? You know what I mean? Like, how do I measure that in my policies and procedures and stuff in this business? And God said, they'll come to you. And so I say, I said, fine. And we got enough to do. I moved on to the next thing. This same week, I said that, I don't remember when that prayer was earlier in the week, by Friday, we had two people who want to work with us, who cover all of the bases as far as like integrity is concerned. All the spiritual bases that I was concerned about didn't have to worry about any of them. Holy Spirit approved. Then the more um, business related uh, bases that I have, because we do want to work with an established entrepreneur, all of those bases are covered as well. And they're coming to me like Tatum, what's how, like, what, what do I need to do? I want to work with you. I want you to do this. And I'm like, God, you quick, <laughs> you real quick. And it, and it just gave me so much peace because I was like, all right, you right. You said they'll come to me. I'm not even going to worry about it. But again, I tell that story for you guys to understand that the lifestyle of being a disciple is you have to have a heart that wants to please God. You have to be willing to give up anything. I'm willing to give up however much I can make in this revenue stream in my business in order to follow God. I don't, I will give it all up in order to follow him. I have checked the track track record when God told me to cut off everything I was doing in my business and he'll tell me what to do next to where I'm sitting in the house with no job twiddling my thumbs, not knowing how bills was going to get paid, but I just wanted to be obedient. I've given everything up. You know what I mean? And there's other things that I've, I've lost, um, that have, has produced great things in my life, but I've given up in order to follow God that I don't even talk about. So, uh, so for me, I really want to convey to you guys the importance of counting the cost of the lifestyle. And that lifestyle means being willing to give up anything and making decisions that are ultimately what God wants you to do, that are ultimately aligned with what it means to live a righteous lifestyle. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by Zapier. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about infrastructure. And so a part of infrastructure is to automate as much as possible in your business so that you're spending time on things that give you the best return on investment. And when you're running your own business in general, your to-do list is always going to be long. And you may already know that you can automate as many of those tasks as possible, but you're not sure exactly how. Now that's where Zapier comes in. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles the work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. No more wasting your time on tasks that you know could be automated because that's exactly what Zapier was built to do. Just go to our special link, zapier.com slash blessed, connect the apps that you use most, and let Zapier take it from there. Zapier lets you instantly engage with leads, send them to a CRM or spreadsheet, and then notify your team so that they can act fast on every opportunity. And that's just scratching the surface. Zapier supports more than 1,500 business applications, so the possibilities are virtually endless. Best of all, it's easy to build the exact solution that you need in minutes without writing any complicated code or asking a developer for help. Join more than 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours a month. Like, come on, what could we do with an extra 40 hours a month, right? By using Zapier. Right now through the end of the month, try Zapier for free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash blessed. That's Z-A 
P-I-E-R.com slash blessed for your free 14-day trial. Zapier.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. This episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. On today's episode, we've been talking about counting the cost and talking about the goals and the things that we have planned for this year. But is there something that interferes with your happiness or that is preventing you from achieving those goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest e-counseling platform. With my busy schedule, sometimes it's really hard to research and make necessary appointments with in-person counselors. And to be honest, I, I find myself not going to counseling and things at all because it's not typically offered at a level of convenience that fits my lifestyle. But with BetterHelp, they will connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It is super convenient. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. What's even better is BetterHelp is available worldwide. So wherever you are on the globe, BetterHelp is there for you. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. And anything that you share is 100% confidential. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. So if you need to talk to somebody, you guys, this is the place to go. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. Blessed and Bossed Up listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code BLESSED. So why not get started today, you guys? Go to betterhelp.com slash blessed. You simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and you get matched with a counselor that you'll absolutely love. That's betterhelp.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. And this is something that I really stress to the individuals that we work with who are new podcasters um, or podcasters that, or people who are aspiring to be in podcasters. When I work with them, a lot of, so we pick and choose who we work with um, at that level. Like you have to fill out an application to come to any one of our retreats in order to even work in our program. You have to go to the retreat first. So these are things that are put in place to make sure that we're operating with integrity, that we have the right people we're working with and all of these things. And so because we, it is a selection process, a lot of the people that we end up selecting have great ideas. Like they have huge mandates on their lives. And I believe a lot of you guys who listen to this show, you have huge mandates on your life. And um, the thing that I stress to people when I work with them is you have to build your platform responsibly. So your lifestyle has to be one to where you are who you say you are. And you also have to understand the territory you're going into. And so this actually will take us to another point. So I'm going to try not to dive too deep into it now. But one of the things I try to tell them is you're coming up against an industry Whatever your industry may be, you're coming up against an industry or a space that the enemy will love to keep people bound and confused. And just using me as an example, coming into this media industry is an industry that the, the enemy has used to spread lies and confusion amongst God's people. So I would be stupid if I was to come in here not counting the cost of what my lifestyle will have to be in order to make sure that I am a, a complete in the assignment that I'm uh, uh, walking into the vision that God has for me in a strategic way. So that means my lifestyle has to be one of a lot of prayer and fasting and not just for my audience. I mean, not just for myself, but for my audience, for you guys. I'm in a group in, and we formed this group last year where all we do, everybody is a successful business owner. 
And you would think we would be in there sharing business ideas, masterminding on how to go to the next level. We don't even talk about none of that. It's how can I pray for you? How can I fast for you? Or what can I fast for you about? And how can we come together and fast and pray for our audiences? And that's all we do. We share personal things that that the the group fasts for and we fast on the same day together and we alternate times where we pray. It's a beautiful thing, um, but it's just the lifestyle. So now in addition to the other areas the of just making sure I'm living righteously, now I have to make sure I'm living responsibly as well because God has entrusted me with a platform. So the same for you guys, like whatever God has called you to for this year, make sure you're counting the cost of the lifestyle. Maybe you need to cut out some things so that you can spend more time praying and fasting for the, for those that he's, he's calling you to so that maybe you have to pray and fast for some things to fall off of you for you to be able to handle things. Maybe God wants you to take you to new levels financially, but you got to change your lifestyle. Even if we're not talking, not even just talking about spiritual aspects of your lifestyle, but you need to be less of a spender because if you got bad spending habits now, more money is not going to solve that. If you're irresponsible financially now, more money is not going to solve that. You're just going to lose more. So these are our lifestyle costs that have to change as well for what God is calling you to. And a lot of you guys may be newer in your walk and you have to, and, and you're at the place where you're making a decision to follow God. And you are at the place where you're walking away from everything that you're used to in order to follow Jesus. And I just want to, first of all, say congratulations to you. And I'm so proud of you because especially in this generation is so hard. And I couldn't imagine being, um, in college or, um, in high school or anything, making a decision to live this life. I know it has to be hard. I wish I would have made a decision sooner. And to be honest, I actually did. When I was in high school, I wanted to follow God and I started to make better decisions um, so, that I could, so that I could live a lifestyle that was pleasing to God. But unfortunately, I went back to being in these streets, as I call it. Um, I went back to being in them streets and I didn't get it together until I was a little bit older. But I just want to ex- extend a big hug and I'm proud of you if anybody hasn't told you for you guys who are younger and you're fighting to live this life. You're fighting while you're living in a world that's telling you to do everything opposite for what uh, from what God wants you to do. So I, I have to just take a second to commend you guys that if anybody doesn't tell you that they're proud of you, I am absolutely proud of you. And I pray that you just continue to press through. But nevertheless, no matter how old you are, what stage of life you're in, there is a there is a cost, a lifestyle cost to following God and walking away from your old habits. And I believe that for a lot of people, this is what God is really waiting on for you to walk into what he has for you this year. He's waiting on you to fully commit to the lifestyle. And so and I think a lot of us end up going back to our old ways and me included. I believe that when I first was trying to to get right with God and live this life, I kept going back to my old ways because I didn't count the cost of what that looked like. I didn't cost count the cost of some friendships that had to end. I didn't count the cost of sometimes I would have to just be by myself. Or I didn't count the cost of people just not understanding me or people just pretty much 
saying that I'm silly for trying to do what, what it is that I'm trying to do. I didn't count the calls because if I did, I probably could have come up with a more strategic way to maneuver around that. Maybe got more involved in things so that I could build a godly community um, and make new friends that were on the same path as me. Maybe I could have um, made more of an effort to learn what is fun without being in these streets <laughs> and being able to do that. I mean, now as, as I'm older and, and been living this life for a couple of years, my life is lit and it don't include like a bunch of sin. And it's like, wow, I wish when I was younger, when I first was trying to live my life for Christ, I would have understood that I could still have fun. I could still be cute. I could still be fly. I could still be me and also live a life that's pleasing to God. But I believe that that's also a tool of the enemy that keeps a lot of us stuck in being lukewarm because he loves to blow smoke. But for you guys who are um, coming into living a life for God, count the cost. Take a, a real look at what lifestyle changes need to happen. Do you need to frequent um, certain areas less? Do you need to find other areas that you could frequent more if that's going to be more beneficial? I'm not one of those people who says that you got to cut everybody off. Most of my friendships in my life are friendships that have lasted very long time. I think my shortest friendship might be like Tish, which is like a still maybe like three, four years old at this point. But I have very long term friends, friendships. And a lot of them, we were friends prior to um, prior to me living a life for God. Now, me getting saved doesn't mean that I cut them off. It just means, but it does mean our friendship looks a little bit different. So they know if we're going out to party, we ain't calling to tell them she ain't coming. But if we haven't, but if we want to go out to dinner, we want to go do something fun, want to go bowling, go to Top Golf, whatever it is, the activity that we're doing. Oh, yeah, because we're going to invite Tatum because we're going to have a good time. Or let me call Tatum and let's set up something to do and we can still spend time together. But there's this understanding there that if it involves something that's a against what I believe in, I'm simply not doing it. Now, if there was ever a place, a, a, a time where my faith would be disrespected, that's then that's when we're going to probably have to part ways because you're not going to disrespect my God or the lifestyle that I'm choosing to live. Or if they were trying to pull me back into things that I've walked away from, then, then I definitely wouldn't be able to hang out with them or whatever. But I'm just giving these examples because there's a lifestyle cost again. And I do believe that there is a lot of, of people who are listening to this show that there is, that God is waiting for you to truly count the cost of your lifestyle so that you can make the changes necessary to walk into the promise. He is being so patient with us. And that's why I say earlier, I believe his word was a loving warning of, of just letting him know like, Hey, or, or excuse me, him letting us know like, Hey, I love you. I'm here. I'm not it's not that I'm silent, but I'm being patient and I'm waiting for you. And I believe that what he's really waiting, waiting for a lot of us for is to truly count the cost and count it in the area of our lifestyles. So that was point number one. There is a lifestyle to being a disciple. There is a lifestyle cost to being a disciple. And one other thing, I didn't mention this, but I really want to encourage those of you guys who have given up a lot for the lifestyle that um, if you go to Mark chapter 10, verses 29 through 30, it says, Jesus said, mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brother, sister, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. 
They'll get it all back, but multiply many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land, but also in troubles. And then the bonus of eternal life, but also in troubles is a very important point, but we don't have time for that. But I just want to get you guys to understand that anything that you give up in order to follow God, he's going to give it back to you and he's going to multiply it many times over. So don't, don't think that, and don't allow the enemy to trick you to believe that because you have counted the cost in this area, or you have made the lifestyle changes and you may not see the results right now, or you may not see what you're looking for right now, that, that somehow that was in vain. It will never be in vain. So let's move on to number two. And this is a question that I want you guys to ask yourself as it relates to your businesses, whatever your ministries, whatever vision that God is giving you or whatever thing that God is giving you to build, maybe even your families. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Have you laid the infrastructure for what you're building? Talking about counting the cost. Have you laid the infrastructure for what you're building? Going back to Luke in chapter 14, verses 28 through 30 say, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. And so this is going back, of course, to our anchor scripture. But again, are you or have you laid the infrastructure for what you're building? If you look up the word infrastructure, it means that um, infrastructure is defined as the basic physical and organizational structures and facilities needed for the operation of a society or enterprise. Let me say that one more time. Infrastructure is designed as the basic physical and organizational structures and facilities needed for the operation of a society or enterprise. So going back to our question, have you laid the basic physical and organizational structures and facilities needed for the vision that God has given you, for the business that God has given you, for the ministry that God has given you? For the family that God has given you. And is and I can really relate to this because back in December, like last year was a very interesting year. 2019 was very interesting. Um, it was a great year, but interesting, <laughs> nevertheless. It started off interesting. <laughs> but it started off really just being in a waiting season and me being very frustrated. But halfway through, God switched everything around. And then since then, I really had a year of Amos. And that was my scripture. It's so crazy. That was my scripture uh, that I stood on last year it was Amos, I believe, 9, 13 through 15. Um, and the scripture pretty much says, yes, indeed, it, it won't be long now. Things are going to happen so fast. Your head is going to swim one thing fast on the heels of the other. And so that's the scripture that I set for my 2019. And that is exactly what happened about halfway through. Now, once we got to like the December time, God told me to rest. And so I was expecting this because for the last few years, he's told me to rest in December. Um, but we had a retreat in December. So the first half of December, I had to prepare for that. And then we had the retreat. And then for the second half of the month, I really just rested. And it was during that time where God was really sharing with me the importance of infrastructure and especially for what he has me building. Now, God, I know the vision that God has given me for this year and the years to come 
Tom is just huge. And the things that he shared with me um, that he has for my business, for myself, my family, and all of these, these things are huge. And so it was so funny though, that I'm praying and asking God for these things or well thanks god just please continue to expand my territory continue to, to guide me in the ways i should go and he starts talking to me about boring old infrastructure <laughs> and it seems boring but it's so necessary because how can like the like the scripture says is there anyone who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and count the cost so you know if you can complete it and if you only get the foundation laid and they run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. And so I believe God was sharing me the same thing. Like, yes, I have all these things have, ha, excuse me. Yes, I have all these things for you. Yes, there is this huge mandate um, on your life and these things that I'm going to do through you. But, uh, but before we really get to that level, I need you to sit down and make sure that the infrastructure is correct. And so as I was sitting there and I was like, okay, and I'm, I'm resting, so I can't just get to work. So I'm writing these down, I'm writing down in my prayer journal. I'm like, I hear you, God. I hear you, God. I hear you, God. And so honestly, this month has really been about, for me, building that infrastructure um, and, and really has allowed me to count the cost of the vision that God has given me. And um, I told you guys about my whole mandate of going from entrepreneur to executive. And so it's kind of a good time to give you an update on where I am with that. And let me tell y'all something. Let, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something real quick. Let me tell you something. <laughs> my experience, my experience is that being an executive is a lot harder than being an entrepreneur. <laughs> And everybody may not agree with me, but and let me clarify because I'm not going from entrepreneur to executive of somebody else's company that's already established. I'm going from entrepreneur, somebody who started their own business um, and was growing their own business to now the executive of the business that I started. So where now I'm outside of like that grind mentality that, okay, we got to secure the bag. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Kind of moving in an unfocused manner to really taking a step back to be an executive that knows how to make strategic decisions for the greater good of the organization, not necessarily being um, running after any sharp, bright object or whatever. And I think that the culture of entrepreneurship has been a lot about like just grind, hustle, grind, hustle, grind, grind, and not enough about uh, not enough about the things that are needed um, when you're an executive and that's making strategic decisions, having a, a proper structure in place in your business and having the right tools and, and, and systems in place that support the structure, hiring the right people, being a good leader, um, making sure that your organizational structure is set up in a way that's benefited to beneficial, excuse me, to the long-term goals of the organization. So these are two different lanes I had to move out of one lane into the other and it's been so difficult not overwhelming but extremely difficult for me and so what I realized this month I was telling my husband the other day like yo I really realized what it takes I'm really learning what it takes to be who God called me to be and he was like well what do you mean by that I'm like I have to to get up every day and I'm, I'm a wife. I have to make sure that my husband is taken care of, that my home is taken care of. But then I also have to go and be 
um, a, a, a high performing executive in my business to where I'm putting things in place and infrastructure in place that allows me to reach the goals that we want to reach and allows us to be able to grow to the levels that God has for us. And then I have to take that hat off and come back home and be a wife again and be soft and make sure my words are seasoned with grace. Even if I just had to chew somebody out, <laughs> a vendor out or something like that during the day. So, and then also the time that it takes, you know, having to wake up early and making sure my husband is tended to, and he's good. I, I, I like to do certain domestic things, um, like make my husband breakfast in the morning. I like to cook dinner and stuff. So just learning how to handle and properly manage with excellence, all of the aspects of my life in a way that is in the executive mindset of being strategic and not just going with the wind has been very difficult, but I'm so appreciative of God because I would rather figure this stuff out now than him give me the millions and give me everything and I'm messing it all up. So this month, making that adjustment and creating an infrastructure, the cost that I've had to pay for that is financial costs. Because I understood that me operating on the level that I needed to operate in order to be excellent in all of these areas, that there was a, a gap area for me. Like I needed help with managing um, or being as productive and having that system. We, we, we talked about this a bit. Um, we talked about it a lot, actually, in the How to Be a Proverbs 31 Woman episode. So I'm not going to get too deep into it. But I've been pretty much just working this system. And so I've had to pay the cost financially of getting of hiring somebody to help me learn how to manage this system for my life. And then I had to work the system. So I had to I had to count the cost of a lot of time for me really figuring out this sister's back end system that I use to manage my life. Um, and so that I could be able to use it in a way that's effective. I've also had to, the cost of, of where God is taking me, I've also had to say no a lot. And I've had, I've been very frustrated if I'm being real with my family lately, because they think that, especially if you're a full-time entrepreneur, people think that you just don't do nothing all day that, oh, she ain't got no job. Like she got free time when that is just not the case. Um, but I've had to say a not. I've had to say no a lot lately and people have just had to deal with that, but that's the cost. But even though learning how hard it is to be who God called me to be and learning how difficult it is to uh, be excellent in all the areas that God has entrusted me with, the great thing that I've learned this month of really honing in on this infrastructure piece in particular for my life is how more, how much more effective you could be if you really took the time and put the infrastructure in place. So if I'm talking about time management, one of the things that um, I've been working on is really tracking how long it takes me to do something because I would get frustrated. I hate to have leftover tasks at the end of the day. And I would get frustrated if I don't get to everything. But what I realized is, well, it's not that you're not getting to everything. It's that you are, you have too much to do within the day. But in the reason why you're scheduling too much to do within the day is because you don't know how long it takes you to do things. And so you just think because you think you're a superwoman that you could just do all of it as opposed to being more strategic and moving things around as need be. And so one of the things that I started doing is writing, writing down how long it takes me to do stuff. And so what I realized is just take this week, for example, um, I sat down and I planned out my whole week 
everything that I needed to do for every area of my business and at home. And then I, I calculated how much time it took me to do each individual task. And so when I added it up, I had one day that was like an 18 hour day. And I was like, ain't no way, ain't no way. But then I'm like, okay, well then let me look at this. And a couple of things could easily get pushed back to the next week. They weren't deadline specific. So I could push those things to the next week. And then I was able to say, oh, well, let me work from home on this, these two days, because when I go to my office, I have to get up. Remember we said, we getting cute when we leave the house. I got to get dressed and get cute. I got to drive to my office, park, walk to the, to the uh, office, whatever that takes up time. So if, if I have a lot to do in a, a, a jam packed day, let me work from home. Cause I could then shave off a couple hours that it would take for the commute and getting dressed and things like that. So just taking the time to put the infrastructure in place though, guys, is what I'm getting at. It's so beneficial. Even looking at my business, we create a whole organizational chart for the business. Everybody has clear roles. Everybody has a clear area that they're in charge of who, how we work together and, and um, who works with who is already established. But we put that infrastructure in place. So now when we're looking at the return on investment for the people we've hired, when we're looking at the numbers and the business, we're looking at the productivity of the company as a whole. Now we're able to make those strategic decisions. And I couldn't have fought that way or executed at that level if I was not if I was still in the entrepreneur grind and not necessarily in the executive mindset. And so that's kind of just an inside look on how I've been laying the infrastructure and what God has me building. But I want you guys to think about that as well. Have you laid the infrastructure for what you're building? And if so, how, if not, excuse me, what do you need to do to get started? If not, then you need to go get your notebook, have a business meeting with God and say, God, what are some areas, what type of infrastructure that you do you want me to build here? What organizational structures and facilities going back to the definition of the word, but what organizational structures and facilities do you need for me to put in place in order for me to be as effective and excellent as possible in what you called me to? So again, guys, God is, is really calling us to count the cost in these things because he wants to give us the blessings. He wants us to have everything that he said is ours, but he doesn't want us to lose it by not counting the cost and moving strategically. And so then the last thing, and I'm actually not even going to go too deep into this one, but the last part of counting the cost is count the cost of war. Again, count the cost of war. Going back to our anchor scripture, Luke 14, and I'm in this one is verse 31 through 32. He says, or you, can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other? And if he decides that he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? And so with this one, Jesus was just giving examples, but I, I really want us to count the cost of war because like I was saying earlier, there is a responsibility um, that you have. And a lot of you guys are called to these uh, spheres of influence that are heavily uh, dominated by demonic spirits that the enemy has really taken over. And so you have to estimate, you have to count the cost of war as well, that you're going to have to make sure that you have anointed yourself with oil before you go into certain spaces that you've prayed over what spaces you're actually supposed to be in, that you've prayed over what clients you're supposed to bring in your business. If you're called to platforms that you're fasting and praying for the people that are called to you so that they, that they're seeing things happen in their life. 
my I pray so hard for all of everybody who's who is attached to this show because God has allowed this platform to reach people for his glory in such an unconventional way. And I don't take that for granted, but I also don't underestimate how bad the enemy wants to shut me up. And so I'm not going into anything blindly or, or I'm not underestimating any type of battle. And so I want you guys to understand the same thing. Counting the cost for war means that you got to make sure that you're putting on your armor of God every single day. That means that you have to spend those extended times in prayer and fasting like we talked about. And so I'm not going to go too deep into this because we did a whole episode on um, how to not be blindsided by the enemy. I think it was episode 160. So please go back and listen to that and apply that to this point. But make sure that you're counting the cost of war as well. So let's recap real quick. Point number one, there is a lifestyle cost to being a disciple. Number two, ask yourself, have you laid the infrastructure for what you're building? And then lastly, count the cost of war. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I really believe that this was an important episode because we have to make sure that we're doing what needs to be done to receive all that God has for us and to keep all that God has for us. That he's such a great father that he doesn't want to bless us and give us the things if we're going to mess them up. He doesn't want to give us something to build on a rocky foundation. He wants us to count the cost ahead of time so that we're able to move strategically and successfully in the spaces that he's called us to. And so I hope you guys took this message to heart. Again, share it, rate the show, tag me and let me know what your favorite points were. Um, But I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week.